You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to... Falato on Football here on the Big Blue View Radio Network. I am the host, Nicholas Falato, and we continue to the dog days of summer. It's the end of June right now. Not a lot going on in the NFL as we count the weeks and then the days till training camp, which begins for the New York Football Giants on July 27th. Can't wait for that. But in the meantime, we're just going to go over some more NFL news. It's been a rather slow week, but something piqued my interest when I checked NFL.com. And it is Mark Ross, former Giants executive, his article on the top five rosters heading into 2021. Who are the most complete NFL teams? And it was somewhat of a shocking list. I would say there was one team that was included on this list who came in fourth, who did not make the playoffs in 2020. But it's a team that I'm definitely very interested to see what they can do in 2021. So I want to briefly go over this list, expound my opinions on these rosters, on these teams, and then just talk about what they may do in 2021. So let's start with his fifth ranked team, which is the Buffalo Bills. Now, I think the Bills, they could be a Super Bowl favorite. We saw Josh Allen take that monumental leap from year two into year three last season, made himself a legit MVP candidate, and it's something that Giant fans can only hope for with Daniel Jones. Now, the comparisons with Josh Allen and Daniel Jones is easy to make because it's a second to third year leap, but Josh Allen is just a totally different type of player than Daniel Jones. He has a bigger arm. He's more physical. He's much bigger. And that offense really works well for him for what Brian Dayball is doing under Sean McDermott's team. Even though Sean McDermott is a defensive guy, brings in Brian Dayball. Brian Dayball is in charge of that offense. And it's just clicking. I mean, they don't even have to run the football because they move the ball efficiently through the air. That addition of Steph Diggs, we hope the addition of Kenny Galladay can do what Steph Diggs did for Allen. We hope Galladay can do that for Daniel Jones. But that's just me expounding upon my opinions on the New York Giants and how they relate to the Buffalo Bills. I think the defenses are actually somewhat similar in the sense that they have solid secondaries. Remember, they have Tredavious White, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. I would say the Giants secondary is even probably stronger than that, but they have a bunch of young guys along their defensive front combined with some veterans like Mario Addison, Jerry Hughes. They also, remember, drafted in the first round Gregory Rousseau. Boogie Basham in the second round brought back Matt Milano. Still have Ed Oliver, who they got two years ago, who is a really, really solid player that they drafted out of Houston. So they have a solid defense. And you look at how that defense plays. I mean, it's really, really effective. McDermott has always been a great defensive mind. And Brandon Bean has assembled a roster that allows him to do what he wants to do with his defense. Now, that defense takes another step forward. Josh Allen keeps progressing. The offensive line, that is, I don't want to say a question mark. I think they're a solid offensive line, but I wouldn't say they're a top five offensive line in the league. They really, really struggle to run the football. Both Zach Moss and Devin Singletary struggled last year. And I think Brian Dayball said something along the lines of they want to 
balance their offense out a little bit more. I still think they're going to throw the football, but when they run the football, they want to be more effective at it because that's been the big issue, man, because they picked and chose their spots, especially down the stretch of their season and into the playoffs where they wanted to run the football, but Singletary and Moss just really, really struggled. They couldn't create the paths, and they just basically said, all right, Josh Allen, all right, Steph Diggs, all right, Cole Beasley, all right, Gabriel Davis, put it on your back. Make this offense move, and they did, and now they also signed Emmanuel Sanders, and that doesn't sound like a huge addition, but this is somebody who you can line up on the slot, you can line up outside. He's been on winning team for so long it seems like because he was with the 49ers when they went to the Super Bowl and lost he was with the Saints this past season and then obviously he was with the Denver Broncos when they were the Denver Broncos under Peyton Manning so he's just been a winner and I think he can bring another element of leadership to this offense and I think the Bills are primed for a really really big season this year and they come in at five from Mark Ross and then four I, I found this somewhat shocking. Now, he's just talking about the overall rosters, and we're not 100% sure what the head coach of this team is going to be like because he was a young coordinator, got a head coaching job, and that is the Los Angeles Chargers. They have Brandon Staley now as their head man, and I think Brandon Staley is one of the better defensive minds, young defensive minds, along with Patrick Graham, in the National Football League. And I'm really looking forward to what he's going to be able to do with Joey Bosa, with a healthy Derwin James, and let's just hope Derwin James is healthy because the guy gets injured every single season and it really, really sucks to see. And remember, last year in the first round, they drafted linebacker at Oklahoma, Kenneth Murray. They bring in Linville Joseph. They have Casey Hayward. They drafted Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round as well. That defense is really coming together, and they have a great defensive mind of Brandon Staley. And then you look at the offensive side of the football there. The issue last year was that offensive line but Justin Herbert was so good he won 2020 offensive rookie of the year and I'm sure the Chargers hope that he can maintain that success with Joe Lombardi with all of these younger skilled position players now they lost Hunter Henry which is unfortunate they bring in an older guy like Jared Cook they still have Mike Williams who's still a young receiver they drafted Josh Palmer they had him really really high I know a lot of people in the draft community including myself who were high on Josh Palmer coming out of Tennessee didn't think he got a fair shake there because the quarterback play was pretty abysmal and I think him combined with Mike Williams Keenan Allen they also selected Trey McKitty the tight end out of Georgia. I thought that was a little bit premature. He was a transfer from Florida State. Wasn't really used too much as a receiver, but I do believe there is receiving skills there. You have that group of players right there, good mixture of veterans and young guys, along with Austin Eckler heading into, I want to say, his fifth season and a more revamped offensive line that includes Rashawn Slater, who they selected at pick 13. I mean, I really, really like the way it's all coming together. I probably wouldn't have them four, to be honest, the fourth most complete roster, but I do believe it's a roster that would be in my top 10. But four is, is a bit of a stretch for me. I would probably put the Buffalo Bills over them, who was at five for Mark Ross. But I see what Mark Ross is talking about because, I mean, you got a bookend right there. Joey Bosa, defensive end. You have the talent on all three levels of your defense and then you have the skill position guys and that offensive line hopefully can now come together since they added Corey Lindsley from the Packers they added tackle Matt Feeler and then they have Rashawn Slater so those are all definitely positive progressions for the Chargers they're in a really really tough division because they have to see the Chiefs twice a year the Broncos with Vic Fangio they're no cupcake matchup and then the Raiders are no cupcake matchup either so we'll see if they're able to live up to this roster hopefully Justin Herbert doesn't have that sophomore type of slump but it's definitely a talented group of young players and then at three it's the Kansas City Chiefs now the Kansas City Chiefs last season in 2020 they were the high-end roster they had 
all of the greats. They had the Patrick Mahomes. They had the Tyree Kill. They had the Travis Kelsey. But then it just bottomed out, especially on offense, along that offensive line once injuries hit. And then on the defense, you have Steve Spagnola, who's calling a great defense. You have Tyron Matthew, complete stud, Legereus Sneed, he's now entering his second year, had a great rookie season. You have Frank Clark, who's dealing with some uh, some legal issues at the moment, but wasn't last season. You have Chris Jones, so really, really talented guys up there. They lost Tano Passanio. Nick Bolton was a rookie, but there were a lot of pieces, but then the depth wasn't really there. This year, they add Orlando Brown. They trade for him. They sign Joe Tooney. They bring in Kyle Long, who's a little dinged up right now. They signed Austin Blythe to replenish that offensive line. On top of that, they get Laurent Duvernay-Tardif back because he was a 2020 opt-out, and they drafted Creed Humphrey in the second round. So their biggest weakness last year in the Super Bowl, the reason why they lost the Super Bowl to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was because... They couldn't protect Patrick Mahomes. He was running around for his life. Patrick Mahomes has all these shiny weapons of Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Demarcus Robinson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Nicole Hardman, but he couldn't get the football to him because he was under duress. And talk about recognizing an issue and then tackling said issue. And that's exactly what the Chiefs did in this offseason. I tip my cap to them because you have Patrick Mahomes, you have all of these incredible pieces and you saw your vulnerability and you went out and you didn't just add one or two players you added a lot and then you invested in the draft after bringing in all of these free agents to ensure that your most prized possession Patrick Mahomes can utilize his targets you keep him upright and you can maximize the potential of one of the most incredible players we've seen in recent memory in Patrick Mahomes so I really loved what the Chiefs done all off season, And yes, they're not one right now. We need all these guys to gel together. I would say they're still, from a talent standpoint, on the defense, it's not as high as the next two teams on paper. Now, can they all come together and gel together because of the mind of Steve Spagnola? I think absolutely. But the high-end talent on this team is some of the is probably the highest, I would say, in the NFL when you just look at the stars that they have on both sides of the ball. Because Frank Clark, now I'm not really sure what's going on with the legal stuff as of right now, but Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark, if he's able to play, those are incredible studs on the defensive side of the football. And they signed Jerron Reed from the Seattle Seahawks, who is an excellent three technique that they can put in there along with Chris Jones. And good luck offense is blocking these guys up front. So hopefully Nick Bolton, the kid out of Missouri that they drafted this year, can take a first year jump into the NFL with Spagnola and then Willie Gay Jr., who they drafted out of Mississippi State last year, will kind of come into his own in his second season so that's what everyone's hoping for if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan and I mean we're all so excited to watch Patrick Mahomes unless you're in the AFC or the AFC West specifically and hopefully this offensive line can really really block up front for Clyde Edwards-Alaire keep Patrick Mahomes on his feet and then we'll see a lot more downfield shots to all those speedsters that they have and then second roster which I mean they retained everybody so it's hard to knock this this could easily be number one and I find number one to be somewhat shocking although I do believe their roster is incredible but the number two was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they brought back Shaq Barrett they brought back Chris Godwin they brought back Levante David they still have Tom Brady (laughs) I mean you got just so many weapons on offense your offensive line played 
really well last year. I mean, Tristan Wirfs looks like an absolute stud. And then on defense, under Todd Bowles' tutelage, you still have Vita Vea, Jason Pierre-Paul. You drafted Joe Tryon to be a situational pass rusher for you, to be groomed behind the guys they already have on this team. Devin White and Levante David are two of the better linebackers in the league, probably the best duo of linebackers in this league. So it's just hard to even knock Tampa Bay's roster. Bruce Arians, man, I mean, heading into a year after winning the Super Bowl with Tom Brady as your quarterback, this could be another repeat type of situation, especially now that Drew Brees is no longer in New Orleans. So many things have to happen for that to materialize. But the fact that they were able to retain all of these free agents, that is just astonishing, to be honest, and good for them. Tom Brady is just enjoying his time in Florida right now. And then the number one team on Mark Ross's list is the Cleveland Browns, who pro football focus ranked first in pass blocking and second in run blocking. (laughs) Trenches, man. Trenches. The hog mollies, as Dave Gettleman would say. You got to build in the trenches, and that offensive line was just incredible last year for Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield, both players who recently, this past week, talked about their contracts. Nick Chubb said he wants to be a Cleveland Brown for life. Baker Mayfield says he hopes that it's going to get done, uh, extension, this summer. So we'll see if all those things end up coming to fruition. But I mean, you just got to look at the development of this offensive line. I mean, they bring in Jack Conklin, they draft Jedrick Wills, and then you have Wyatt Teller being one of the best guards in the National Football League, Joel Batonio being a really, really good guard, and then J.C. Treader being a really solid center for them in Kevin Stefanski's stretch zone, outside zone scheme, which is an excellent running scheme. We saw Dalvin Cook have so much success there with the Minnesota Vikings when Stefanski was the offensive coordinator. Now Alex Van Pelt is the offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns under Stefanski. Joe Woods, the defensive coordinator. We'll get into that defense. But the offense really, really has just established the rushing attack. Nick Chubb is probably a top three running back in the National Football League. Probably has the best vision, either him or Dalvin Cook in the National Football League. Incredible. You have Kareem Hunt as your number two, change of pace type of back, third down back, red zone back, if you want to use him in that role. And he's just been really, really efficient with the touches that he has received. And then the receivers, Odell Beckham Jr. is coming off of the injury. You know how dynamic he can be. You still have Jarvis Landry. Donovan Peoples-Jones was solid. Six-round pick out of Michigan in 2020. And then you have Rashad Higgins as well, who they brought back, somebody who was a nice role player for them, somebody who runs good routes, somebody who gets open to the short to intermediate parts of the field at a solid rate. And the way they work their play action game and the way they disguise their plays, their play action runs to look like runs really, really well, create those double teams up front, the linebackers bite, and then the intermediate parts of the field is wide open for Baker Mayfield just to turn his shoulders and find someone like a Jarvis Landry on a deep dig or deep over route. I mean, it's been really, really effective for Kevin Stefanski, who had an excellant year as first year head coach. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball with Joe Woods out there, another really, really young and great defensive mind. You have Miles Garrett, who is one of the best defensive players in the National Football League. You get to combine his just prowess with Jadavian Clowney, who you just signed, Tack McKinley, and Malik Jackson. Now, Malik Jackson's getting a little bit long in the tooth. Tack McKinley hasn't really lived up to that first-round pick, and Jadavian Clowney hasn't really lived up to the first overall pick. But you combine those three with Miles Garrett. I mean, that's that's really, really an incredible front right there for the Browns, for Joe Woods. And you also have Andrew Billings. You drafted Tommy Togiai out of Ohio State. You have Sheldon Day. You have just a lot of depth there up front for the Browns. And then you look at their secondary with Denzel Ward, one of the better cornerbacks in the league. You add the kid from Northwestern, Greg Newsom. You have Greedy Williams, who you spent a second round pick on back in 2019 out of LSU. He's been dinged up, but you just got a lot of depth. 
You have a lot of depth and a lot of talent as well. Bring in John Johnson the third from the Los Angeles Rams. You still have Ronnie Harrison there, who you brought in from the Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe you traded for him. And Grant Delpit, who you spent a second-round pick on. Grant Delpit was hurt basically all last season from LSU. Really, really talented guy. And John Johnson's not the only Ram to come over either because Troy Hill came over to be your nickel. That is a what is one of the most complete secondaries right here. And then the one group that gets knocked a little bit are the linebackers, but they've held up. They've held up really, really well. I mean, Jacob Phillips, they drafted in the third round, kid out of LSU. They just love their LSU guys. And a lot of people knocked the pick, but guess what? He had a really good rookie season. And then you have Sayon Takitaki, third round pick out of 2019. Very, very solid pick. And guess what they got in the second round of this draft? Jeremiah Wusu koromoa one of the more dynamic defensive players in the draft. They still have Mac Wilson. They drafted Tony Fields as well. I mean, it's, it's just a really, really good roster. And that's why it came in first for Mark Ross. Now, it needs to just materialize into more consistent winning. We saw one season of it, the only season with Kevin Stefanski. There's nothing telling me or alluding to me that they're not going to be able to replicate that unless they're just slammed by injuries, especially with the Pittsburgh Steelers kind of on their heels a little bit. Offensive line's a mess. How much longer is Ben Roethlisberger going to play? Yes, I love Najee Harris, and hopefully he can revitalize that rushing attack, but that's no given because their rushing attack last year was abysmal. And I would say their defense is really, really solid for Pittsburgh, but Cleveland can take this division. Now, the Browns and the Ravens, that's another story. The Ravens are definitely an interesting team with Lamar Jackson, who can easily win this division as well. But I mean, watch out for Cleveland. Watch out for Cleveland. And I could see why Mark Ross put him there. And you know what? I alluded to maybe not having them as my number one before, but there's definitely an argument there that you would have to listen to because the personnel on paper here, along with the coach, it's, it's very, very impressive. Now we just need to see more longevity with it. All right, before we dive into some other NFL news, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. After going through Mark's list, it prompted me to look at some of the more recent rankings in the Twitter sphere. And I came across Pro Football Network's Dalton Miller's rankings and he actually had the Giants higher than I expected I've seen some earlier rankings like right after the draft and I saw the Giants between like 25 and 30 just around that area but Dalton actually had the New York Giants at 21 which I felt like was interesting to be honest I think the Giants could be primed for for a big season this year I think they could win but you can say that about a lot of teams but I think the thing that could hold them back are threefold is threefold, I should say. And I've kind of went over this before on the podcast. It's the offensive line. It's Jason Garrett. And then the most important one is Daniel Jones. And that would that's what Dalton Miller also went over as well. Daniel Jones, he's the crux of all of this. He's been a little bit inconsistent and he needs to put it all together. And in order to do that, you need Jason Garrett to call better plays. You need the offensive line to help protect him, but it's still going to fall on the shoulders of Daniel Jones. And if he can make half the jump that Josh Allen made last year, then I think you're looking at a team that could possibly win this NFC East and be a really, really solid team because the roster around Daniel Jones 
is pretty darn good. I mean, the offensive line is a question mark, but you look at the skill position players, significant upgrade from last year. And then you look at the defense. I mean, they didn't really lose all that much. They retained Leonard Williams. They lost Dalvin Tomlinson, which is unfortunate, but you retained Leonard Williams. You still have Jabril Peppers. You get a healthy Xavier McKinney. You have James Bradbury. You still have Blake Martinez. You have a lot of those role players that were really, really important to what Patrick Graham wanted to do. And the two main losses that you had were Dalvin Tomlinson, who that one sucks. Don't get me wrong. But then you lost Kyler Fackrell, but you replaced him with guys like Aziz Ojolari, Ellerson Smith, Ifidi Odenabo, and then Ryan Anderson. So really it's just Dalvin Tomlinson. And I think Danny Shelton can perform Dalvin Tomlinson's role at maybe a 50th percentile of what Dalvin Tomlinson was because Tomlinson was such a stud. But I do believe that you anchor down, eat up those A-gaps, and allow all the players around you, specifically the linebackers when you're in those tight fronts, to scrape over the top and make plays on the football. And that's what you're going to hope for. That's what you hope Danny Shelton can do. He doesn't have to be as dynamic as Dalvin Tomlinson. But I do believe, just to go back to my original point, if Daniel Jones takes that step, the half step of what Josh Allen did, you're looking at a potential playoff team here, and that's what we all hope. We have playoff aspirations after all these additions. If they don't make the playoffs, then Dave Gettleman is probably going to retire because I'm probably not going to fire him. He'll probably retire. And depending on what they do, if they elevate Kevin Abrams or if they bring in someone from the outside, Daniel Jones, you have to make that uh, that that decision on that fifth-year option. And I'm not just not 100% certain that's going to happen if Daniel Jones has another ho-hum type of season. And if he implodes, and he implodes, and that's not going to happen. It's going to be a Mitchell Trubisky type of situation. It's going to be sayonara. But Daniel Jones, this is it's on you, man. So I just wanted to briefly go over that. Dalton Miller had the Giants at 21, sandwiched in between the Cincinnati Bengals at 22 and the Denver Broncos at 20. Broncos also have a really, really good roster, but their quarterback position is even a little bit more uncertain than Daniel Jones in terms of longevity, I would say, because Drew Locke has still a lot to prove, and then they have Teddy Bridgewater. It's going to be a quarterback battle there. At least Daniel Jones knows this is his job, but now's the time to seize it. All right, what other NFL news we have? This is kind of important, I guess because the Giants had three opt-outs last year with Damari Scott, Nate Solder, and Sam Beal. The NFL Players Association gave a July 2nd deadline for opting out of 2021. Now, Tom Pelissero reported this. It's on NFL.com. Now, it's going to be, I think, the same as last year. Players deemed higher risk for COVID are again going to be entitled to $350,000. It's going to be a stipend, but those voluntary opt-outs who aren't deemed high risk are only going to receive 150000 Now, I don't believe there's going to be as many opt-outs as last year. There were 67 players that opted out of the 2020 season. It seems like there's a lot more knowledge about COVID-19. A lot more people are vaccinated, obviously, because there wasn't a vaccine last year. So I'm curious as to what the opt-out number is going to be in 2021, but July 2nd is the date that has been set by the National Football League, by the NFL Players Association. And then last thing I want to talk about, which is great news for the NFL, for people in general, is Carl Nassib. I mean, Carl Nassib came out, he is gay, and he's donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project, which is nonprofit, provides crisis intervention and suicide prevention services for the LGBTQ community, specifically the younger people within that community. And Carl Nassib announced this, and it blew up everywhere. And I think it's great news because there isn't a current 
there wasn't a current professional athlete who was openly gay. We all remember Michael Sam. He was drafted. He was a defensive end out of Missouri, ended up going to the National Football League, didn't really make it there. But now Carl Nassib, who's been in the NFL for several years, came out, and this is how he did it. What's up, people? I'm Carl Nassib. I'm at my house here in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. Um, I really have the best life. I got the best family, friends, and job a guy could ask for. Um, I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. Um, I just think that representation and visibility are so important. Um, I actually hope that like one day videos like this and the whole coming out process are just not necessary. Um, but until then, you know, I'm going to do my best and do my part to cultivate a culture that's accepting, that's compassionate. And I'm going to start by donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project. They're an incredible organization. They're the number one suicide prevention service for LGBTQ youth in America. And they're truly doing incredible things. And I'm very excited to be a part of it, to help in any way that I can. And I'm really pumped to see what the future holds. Uh, that's all I have for you guys. I hope you have a great day. Work hard. Yep, and that's what Carl Nassib ended up doing, and I think a lot of people remember him because in 2018, for the Cleveland Browns, he was on Hard Knocks giving his teammates a bunch of lessons on compound interest and trying to explain to them the way to invest their money and take advantage of their finances so they don't end up running out of money. A lot of people remember him for that. He ended up getting released by the Browns, going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and now he's a member of the Las Vegas Raiders, so good for Carl Nassib. Alrighty, everybody, this is... Flatterwan Football here on the Big Blue View Radio Network. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We're getting ready for the season. You know, we're just grinding down almost towards training camp, and then we're going to have the 2021 NFL season that we're all very, very excited for. Please go to the website, Big Blue View. Check out all of our content there, and just have a lovely day. Take care, everybody.